step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. This is the one. This is the one I'll be remembered for. Fun crazy, not creepy crazy, on The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Streets of San Francisco, a Quinn Martin production. Starring Carl Malden. Also starring... Jimmy! I got one name! Jimmy! Tonight's episode, Mr. Nobody. That is who I am. I am Mr. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Yes, and right next to me is a somebody that is the co-host. Jimmy! I got one name! Jimmy! Yes, the co-host who is a somebody because she gets right in the special guest star. On the opening part of the show, man, that's just the way it is. Were you chumming up to Michael Douglas? What was it? Or, or hey, Carl Malden. I'm yeah. not telling. Hey, one of the two. Yeah, boy. Can you get me some uh, special tickets into Ant-Man since you and Michael Douglas are like, you know, tight? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, you two are buddies. I, I know that's why you want to go to that movie now. You and Michael Douglas didn't know that. Wow. Man. I am so honored here on the Riley and Kimmy show. Thank you for checking us out on episode 382. Kimmy, we're going to be talking about a wide range of things and also have have a a tribute to something very, very important. And we'll have that uh, before the close of the Riley and Kimmy show. Actually, something that a lot of people uh, don't get to hear the full version of. And that's one of the reasons uh, we're going to have that here. Uh, You know, we we like to uh, go back in time and uh, have things that are historic and things that need to be remembered. And we'll have that at the conclusion, or real close to the conclusion of the Riley and Kimmy show. But one of the other things we'll have in the world of nerddom is we're going to be talking about a TV show that is in trouble. And, well, mid-season premiere came back, and we'll have a look at its ratings and see if it has done any better. Mm. Is it going to be flushed away or not? We'll have that coming up here on the Riley and Kimmy show, plus a ton of other things, including uh, upcoming comic book, collectible toy, cosplay, a celebrity show that is in Florida. But first of all, I had fun Saturday night, late night in my bat cave because I was allowed to do a creature feature kind of show. Uh, yeah, private kind of show. That means I was sitting in front of the big screen TV set and popped in a movie from the past. One of my favorites, a black and white film. I love watching black and white movies, especially on a Saturday night or a Friday night late. And we ventured into a world in which Kimmy has never, had never before, sitting down to watch the movie, had never seen it. And the movie is from 1962, and it's called Experiment in Terror. This just happens to be the uh, really groovy uh, opening music by mm-hmm. Henry Mancini. Yeah, the Pink Panther guy. He wow. Did, he did creepy music. Huh. Check it out. Yeah, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, the music, to me, reminds me of a certain television show from the 1990s. And can you name that TV show? That I think that this movie actually influenced the TV show, not just musically, but across the board in certain elements. Do you know what TV show I'm talking about? Well, it sounds like Twin Peaks to me. does sound like 
Twin Peaks right there. I think uh, there was an influence. Now, if you'll notice, I don't know how I don't know if you caught this because Kimmy behaved watching the movie. She did not interrupt the movie. She didn't uh, pause it or talk over it or anything. She was just transfixed. Did you notice the subdivision in San Francisco where this took place? Twin Peaks? Yes, Twin Peaks. And did you notice the name of the villain? No. His name was Red. What was his last name? Lynch. Oh. Yes. Now, the movie starred Glenn Ford, also a, uh, let's see, a Lee Remick, Mm -hmm. and then a very young Stephanie Powers, Mm -hmm. and the brilliant, and I I state underrated, Ross Martin. Mm -hmm. And Ross Martin plays Red Lynch, a very creepy person. The opening scene, it, it 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 just jumped right into what the movie was all about, right mm-hmm. out of the box. It didn't, you know, slowly build up to it. You, you got right into terror. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking slasher ter- type terror. We're talking psychological thriller kind of terror. Mm-hmm. Beautiful shots. Uh, it's worth checking out, especially if you like Twin Peaks. Find this film. Watch this film. I love this film. Mm-hmm. Love the score. Love everything about it. Mm-hmm. And actually, you get to see what's interesting. You know, they did shoot on location in San Francisco. So you get to see San Francisco. And well, that was shot probably in, I'm guessing, very early 62 or late 61. So you're seeing a time capsule. Mm-hmm. Now, I have not, uh, it's been a while since I uh, checked out uh, Gary Stewart's book um, about the Zodiac Killer. Mm-hmm. And. I don't remember if Gary has a reference to Experiment in Terror in it or not, but I have a very strong suspicion that this movie influenced the Zodiac Killer. Mm. And who he thinks the Zodiac Killer is, I have a feeling it influenced that individual. Mm -hmm. And in case you don't know, Gary, a friend to the Riley and Kimmy show, by the Mm way, um, has done research and accidentally stumbled upon something many years ago, and he believes, and from the research I have read, which is in his book, which we have a link on our website at RileyandKimmy.com, that the Zodiac Killer was his biological father. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with his findings. I say you are, you are right. But I have a feeling that movie, from a, a, a twisted part, influenced it. And it influenced pop culture. With, I think, Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. So it's something to really check out. That is Experiment in Terror. And by the way, Ross Martin was in one of my favorite low-budget science fiction movies of all time. I don't know. If, can you name it, Kimmy? He did it before this movie. This movie was 1962. Back in the 50s, I think it was 58 was when it was uh, released. Maybe 59 is the latest. 58, I think, was when it was shot and then released. Is Colossus of New York. Oh, that's another good one. Yes, and not uh, creepy. It's probably one of the creepiest yeah. s- scores I've ever heard. We'll give a sample of that one of these times coming mm-hmm. up here. It is just plain creepy. It's you scare the living daylights out of me, mm-hmm. and it it holds up to the it's to today in mm-hmm. certain elements. They were ahead of their time. Uh, when you th- when you think of RoboCop and you think, well, that's you know new and stuff like that, you need to look at Colossus of New York because it deals with the subject matter of, of cyborg. Uh, and and ethics and all kinds of things. And Ross Martin plays a scientist, a brilliant young scientist, who well before he died, he, he's he works in uh, he's designed um, like animate. Uh, no, he's designed uh, automation and computer systems, and just you know across the board, he's like a Tony Stark mm-hmm. kind of dude. 
and ends up uh, killed in front of his family. And his father, who was working with him on like research, uh, decides to keep the son alive. It's yeah, it's a bit of a Frankenstein kind of thing, but it's modernized, and it opens up the door into robotics and cybernetics and things like that way back when. Mm-hmm. And it holds up, and he plays a fantastic role in that. Uh, and I love the Colossus, just the way that thing looks. Mm-hmm. I'd love to have an action figure like that thing. Mm. I don't think there's ever been one released, to my knowledge, of that. And then, of course, he was in one of my favorite TV shows. If you like uh, steampunk and you like westerns, hey, you got to love Wild Wild West, the original one. And he played Artemis Gordon, mm. which I think is one of the coolest names on planet Earth. Artemis Gordon. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved him as a kid. I mean, he was the one I actually liked. Mm. I, and, you know, cause, think about it. He had the greatest thing role because he could play all these different roles as Artemis Gordon because he was the master of disguise which Ross Martin was and if you notice they played into that with Experiment from Terror because he disguises himself mm. quite a few times mm-hmm. and that's especially, where I recognized him from yes and and of course then he would do Columbo and things like that I think you know uh, when he did Wild Wild West the, towards I think it was the last season uh, he was injured he broke his leg if I remember right and had a, a near fatal heart attack Hmm. And they had to have people fill in for him for a bit. I think it was nine episodes. I think if that hadn't happened, uh, his career may have went even somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, and because I think it, it I, I, that's just speculation. He did do directing and things like that, television and stuff afterwards. But I, I don't think he, you know, it was going to be out of the box after that point. Mm. But very talented individual. And it's worth checking out the movie. Once again, the movie is Experiment in Terror. And Kimmy, we're going to stay around uh, monster stuff. If you go to our, if you go to our website at RileyandKimmy.com, you'll see uh, I was out uh, comic book hunting. And I uh, posted a couple of comic books that I found in the uh, back issues, which is something I love to do. That's really, you know, yeah, I, I do recurrent stuff, but I just love back issues. And visiting a uh, comic book shop, I happen to find two of uh, my favorites, and that is two issues of my favorite, which is The Werewolf by Night by Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. Just love that. I found issue 15, which we did talk about in one of the previous podcasts, which was a mashup between The Wolfman, The Werewolf, mm-hmm. Werewolf by Night, not Wolfman, and Dracula from Tomb of Dracula. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. One of them bit one another. Yeah, we, we found that out in, uh, I believe it was Tomb of Dracula 18. I do have that. I have uh, multiple copies of that, mint condition ones too. And I found this one, which was not in a very bad condition at all. I, I have, I think, another copy of it as well. Matter of fact, I know I do, uh, in near mint. And then I found uh, Werewolf by Night number 18. Now, what's kind of interesting, having the two of them, now that's only a few issues apart, right? Mm-hmm. 15 is 20 cents an issue. They jacked it up to 25 cents by 18. Mm. And that, hey. That cut in to the comic book money as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, that 25, that, think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, was, that was a major price jump, you know? And I think if I remember right, when that happened, when Marvel did that, and uh, DC, uh, they marketed it against him for a bit, still only 20 cents. Hmm. In big, you know, still only 20 cents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of a cool thing. Uh-huh. That time frame. I didn't realize it was that, that jump was right there. It was, you know, I was like, wow. And another reason it's a favorite of mine is I think probably one of my favorite artists of the 70s is Mike Plug, And he is famous for doing the work of Werewolf by Night. He, he started it out. And he's the artist that's... 15 is done by him, and he just had a very, you know, a distinct style. Also did Man-Thing, the monster of Frankenstein, which I just love. And he was on the start with Ghost Rider. 
Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, very, very talented. Worked with Will Eisner. Also worked with Filmation and Hanna-Barbera Animation Studios before going to comic books. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then went to Marvel and did so many fantastic things. I mean, we owe this guy for us nerds. I mean, we just we did, we just do. But you know, one of the things is he walked away from comic books and uh, did did film stuff and and that and just didn't go back really into that genre. Uh, has done uh, work with Magic the Gathering. He has illustrated cards from Magic the Gathering. Uh huh. But I would love to meet him. I'm not aware of him doing any conventions uh, recently or in the near future. But hey, if he is. Uh, and he's in my area, you know, in our big path where we go, where we travel. I I want to see him. Mm-hmm. I, I'd really like to meet him. But he's he's right up there of the seventies. I really like. You know, Jack Kirby, of course, sixties and seventies and also forties, uh, is you know right there mm-hmm. at the top of the at the of the heap. Uh, uh, let's see, Kurt Swan is my favorite Superman artist of all time, and you know, Plug definitely horror based, uh, just a out there, you know. Uh, weird type of artwork. I just loved his stuff. And I did try, Kimmy, I did try to uh, copy his styles. You know, others I tried, you know, mm-hmm. and it just, well, can you tell it didn't work? Mm. Yeah, it did not work. And uh, yeah, the Patrick Riley style is one that's, eh, it's for private viewing only. <laughs> yeah, or or on caves. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's more of a, a cave kind of thing. Now let's move over to IGN. They're talking about The Walking Dead and the spinoff. Now some of the things we know about that spinoff is it will be set in Los Angeles. Now comic book co-creator Robert Kirkman and also executive producer of both Walking Dead TV shows has opened up about the many differences between the companion series and the original. Yeah. Question is, if you've never watched The Walking Dead, can you watch this new one? Or do you mm-hmm. got to watch all the Walking Deads and know about this? And do you have to read the comic books? All that kind of stuff. Well, Kirkman says family will be the focus of the Walking Dead companion series, but not one like the Grimes family from the original show. Quote, I will say that this is going to be a show about family, but it's going to be a show about a different type of family that we haven't explored in the Walking Dead thus far. That's what Kirkman told Entertainment Weekly. Now, while he wants to keep the spinoff's world familiar to the original Walking Dead series, Kirkman notes that there will be some changes in the style of storytelling, saying, quote, We'll want to tell these stories in a completely different way, with completely different people, in a completely different setting that's going to make for a fundamentally different show, unquote. So I guess it's going to be a different show, Kimmy. Okay. Yeah, he says, quote, I think the look and feel of the Walking Dead spinoff is going to be startlingly different. Hmm. Unquote. According to Kirkman, viewers who watch the Walking Dead companion series will not have to watch the original series in order to know what is going on. You could watch the Walking Dead spinoff if you've never watched an episode of the Walking Dead and get a really great, rich, fulfilling experience out of it. That's according to Kirkman. It has to be a show that can stand on its own. Now, don't expect characters from the comic book series to show up on the Walking Dead spinoff, as Kirkman has confirmed that the series will star completely new creations. However, the Los Angeles set series could theoretically take place in the comic book world, as that series has not explored that area of the United States yet. Now, despite standing on its own, Kirkman says the Walking Dead spinoff fits within the Walking Dead comic book world, but it's all new characters, all new events, and all kinds of crazy stuff, according to Kirkman. And Adam Davidson from Hell on Wheels 
is set to direct the Walking Dead spin-off's pilot, and Kirkman says the Helmer's new directing style will add a new visual language to the series. So that's something to check out if you are a big fan of The Walking Dead. Now, if you are a big fan of The Walking Dead and you happen to be in Florida or in the area of Florida or can get to Florida coming up in February... You have an opportunity to meet somebody from The Walking Dead, and Kimmy has some information about that. Where where is this happening, when, and all the details? And who, by the way? Well, it's Retro-Rama Pop Culture Collectible Show. That's going to be in Jacksonville, and it's going to be Sunday, February 8th, so it's coming up pretty soon. As we upload this podcast, it's like 19 days away. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I'd count them down, Kimmy. So, yep, we got the Super Bowl on Sunday, February 1st, and the following Sunday is going to be Retro-Rama. And guess what, Kimmy? We're going to be at Retro-Rama because we've been invited by the promoters, and we have a table. We'll be there, and we hope to meet all our, you know, nerd friends in northern Florida and, you know, the Georgia area and the Carolinas and just, matter of fact, even central Florida, it's not that far. You can come up. Yeah. And there you'll be able to meet Lou Temple. He plays Axel from The Walking Dead. He's also been in Atlas Shrugged, The Lone Ranger, Rango, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning, The Devil's Rejects, and much, much more. He's going to be there in person. Wow. Now that'll be fun. Mm -hmm. That'll be be really fun. Sure. And in addition to him... There's also a few more special guests. Like whom? A couple of ladies from the Hammer Horror flicks. Ooh, monster movie women. Hammer Horror Queens, Veronica Carlson and Susanna Lee. There'll also be Arch Hall Jr. And along with those cool guests, you're going to have... Costume contests, trivia contests with cash prizes. Yes. Celebrity panels, musical performances, door prizes, plus many, many more surprises. It's going to be a whole day of fun for the family. Now, I checked out the uh, list of uh, vendors there. And Uh one of the nice things about the uh, Retrorama collectible website, which is available right off our website at RileyandKimmy.com, we have a link right to it, is I'm not bashing... uh, you know, the uh, other cons and the other uh, shows and stuff like that. One of the nice things I noticed with theirs I have not seen too often is they'll give you the name. Let's just hear ABC collectibles. Okay. And it'll say what they specialize in. Oh, that's uh, nice. Yeah. And I noticed, Kimmy, there's going to be some lunchbox people. <gasps> there's going to be some Migos, Ooh. you know, Mego action figure. G.I. Joe, you know, I'm going to be in nerd heaven. Mm-hmm. They're Barbies. I'll mm. make, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be great stuff. And that's not, and there's a lot more than that. It's just a couple of them I'm, uh, you know, focusing on. Mm-hmm. There. So I am really looking forward to this. It's going to be a fun time. I hope you can swing on by. Um, we got, you know, and it, it is affordable. Let's put it that way. It'll, mm-hmm. be, it'll be a fun experience. Uh, a great way to spend a Sunday. Yeah. With The Walking Dead and us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also cosplayers. Uh, you know, come on out. Anybody who uh, isn't shy, you want to put on some makeup, you want to put on, uh, you know, a mask, or maybe you're a furry. Yeah, you're a furry. Come on down, right? I mean, mm-hmm. everybody is welcome. 
It's the day to be a nerd, mm-hmm. day to be a freak, day to be a geek. So tell your friends about this big event happening in Jacksonville. And by the way, some other guests that are uh, going to be there, Retrorama Collectibles announces the return of David That Guy Polk as a guest on February 8th. Now, David is a Florida-born actor and is currently completing work on The Hospital 2, and he'll be taking a break from filming to uh, join the Retrorama show coming up on February 8th. Hmm. Now, in addition to being a guest, David will also be hosting the celebrity panels and the costume contest. Cool. Yes. And by the way, his filmography, he began uh, in with Burt Reynolds, actually. Uh, in a wow. film, yeah, Cop and a Half, mm-hmm. starring Burt Reynolds, was his start, and then the Central Florida Lens television series Second Noah, and in recent years, taking a look at his filmography here, he's been in some cult films like The Deepening, Scream Farm, The Hospital, and the soon-to-be-released Fat Chance. Now, the complete uh, filmography, Fat Chance, that's uh, to be released from 2014, when it was shot, uh, Vampy. From 2014, The Hospital, he played Joe in 2013. Scream Farm from 2008. He was in Zombie Wars in 2007. The Deepening in 2006. Blue Valley Songbird, a TV movie in 1999. Second Noah TV series from 1996. The Big Hurt from 1996. And Cop and a Half in 1993. That's the Burt Reynolds film. Mm. That kind of kicked things off for him. Mm -hmm. That's where he became... A movie star. Mm. Yeah. He's been in films. Mm-hmm. Film star. Movie mm-hmm. star. Been in TV. TV star too. Personality. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Medium. It'll be in Jacksonville. And another who will be there, a person who really loves Oz, you could say, Ron Baxley Jr. He's an author of 23 years and an educator of almost 20 years and collects different types. Oh, you, Don't you ever make fun of what I collect, Kimmy. Because I dig this guy. He collects stuff that you won't let me collect. He collects different types of Mr. Potato Heads. Okay. You wouldn't let me collect Mr. Potato Heads. You, you went, no, you can't do that. Now, he also, <laughs> yes, he is a published Oz author for 16 years since an early edition of his The Talking City of Oz was published and has been an author for 23 years since he published a skit in a glossy youth magazine. He has published stories, poems, articles, and essays in Film Facts, Parsec, The Bomb Bugle, The Rambler, and many other national and international publications. And he will be at this big event in Jacksonville. And I'm sure he'd love to uh, see you and meet you, especially if you're a fan of Oz. Mm -hmm. That'll be something to check out. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. A lot. It'll be fun. And be sure to go to our website at RileyandKimmy.com to find out more about Retro-Rama, the big collectible show that is happening in Jacksonville, Florida on February 8th. Now, according to Verge.com, Kimmy, they say something is returning. It's There's a good chance it's returning. Can you guess what TV show that might be? I heard a little rumor about that. And X-Files? That's right. Now, you know, what's interesting is you never watched, I don't think, a single episode of the X-Files, did you? No. No, you did not. Your only encounter with the X-Files was a long time ago when I said, hey, you know what? They're going to be releasing these X-Files Barbies, and they're going to be hot. And mm-hmm. I, I know a place that has two cases of them. Let's buy them. Mm-hmm. And we did. And mm-hmm. you thought I was nuts, and I introduced you to the world of eBay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Actually, it was pre-eBay. 
I think, or it was right at the maybe it was the beginning of eBay. I don't remember, um, but it was way back when those first came out, and everybody thought I was crazy. I was working at a radio station uh, in northern uh, Illinois in the Chicagoland area, and the staff knew I was into collectibles and toys and things like that, and they thought I was nuts because I had these cases of those and then they didn't think i was crazy a little bit later they're like oh wow Mm -hmm. (laughs) so but that's basically your total encounter of the x-files right yeah well deadline reports that fox is trying to put all the pieces in place for a revival of the x-files the long-running sci-fi series and occasional rom-com following the adventures of fox Mulder and dr dana scully now the biggest challenge apparently is not interest from the key players yeah, the key party members, the original lead and the actor and actress will be on board, as is the series creator, Chris Carter. But rather scheduling problems because everyone right now is wrapped up in some form of a project. Now, my question for you, Kimmy, is the original series ran for how many seasons? Six. The original series ran for nine seasons. Okay. And led to two films. You didn't know that. I can Mm-mm. tell. Most recent of which was released in 2008. It's unclear exactly what form of new X-Files could take, but Fox may simply be riding high off the success of 24's return. And, you know, who knows what may happen. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a feeling you don't really have much of a uh, opinion on that show at all, do you? No. You don't really care, do you? No. All right. Well, maybe you can watch some of those back issues. You know, back issues. Maybe you can watch those back episodes and maybe you might actually fall in love with the show who knows because you know you weren't i mean you really you were weird but you weren't really nerd then right and they i think they have a couple actors in that that uh well they do have a couple of actors Kimmy, that i kind of like now and let me guess let's see uh did one happen to play on breaking bad yeah and that is brian cranston and okay who's the other actor uh is it misha collins was he i I think misha was too and i and also uh vince gilligan who was part of Breaking Bad, wrote uh, uh-huh. some of those episodes, yeah. very big episodes. So maybe you should, you know, venture back to that. Now, a TV show we talked about at the beginning of 382 that might be in trouble. Its uh, latest ratings did come out in that TV show. Before you checked yourself in here, you were working as an exorcist and master of the dark arts. Well, I should really change that to Petty Dabbler I hate to put on as... Yes, one of Kimmy's favorite shows is in trouble. And you know one of the reasons it's in trouble, Kimmy, is because you didn't watch the last episode. Why didn't I watch the last episode? Because I cannot say the words I'm thinking right at the moment, but uh, my my DVR, for some reason, and I'm not making this up, for some reason does not like the channel that it's on. And it will not record. And it's not just... It's not something supernatural here going on. It's not because of that show. It's anything that's on that channel. Mm. There's like a 50% mm-hmm. chance it'll record. I don't get... I do not understand. And I'm, you know, not an exact technological idiot. <laughs> so it's one of those weird things. I think we're going to be watching them on Blu-ray uh, when they come out. Now, comicbook.com reports rating estimates for the latest episode of Constantine saw the DC Comics adaptation... Do you think it went up or down after they moved it to a better time slot was what the idea was, a better time slot on Friday nights? Do you think it went up or down? Uh, Down? Yes, it did. About a 20% drop. Because probably a lot of people didn't know that the time was changed. That could possibly be it. They don't address that in the comicbook.com article at all. But a 20% drop in the mid-season premiere. Now, the series 
had seen its ratings rise nearly every week since the second episode at 10 p.m. That was the time slot on the East Coast. And with studio management liking the actual content, even though they didn't love the numbers. Now, cryptic assurances that the show wasn't dead yet have led to a hashtag, hashtag Save Constantine. That's a campaign that's going on. And other organized efforts online to call attention to the series. The showrunner wants fans to keep it up. No secret Constantine took a hit at 8 p.m. That's what the showrunner tweeted. Sigh. Many possibilities for future. All depends on viewers. Keep watching and sharing your passion. That's what the tweet said. Mm. Now, by possibilities, he could mean that he's willing to shop the property around to other networks. Oh, I like that idea. Fans have frequently asked about his uh, using Netflix or Amazon or other platforms as a way to keep the show alive. Since 3 million plus viewers is actually pretty solid if you're not network television. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, according to him, it's too early to discuss scenarios. That's what he wrote back to fans asking questions about that. And some are even asking about CW because, you know, Supernatural and things like that. Mm -hmm. And he says, we're partners with NBC till they say otherwise. But he did tell comicbook.com back when the episode order was capped at 13, leaving four scripts unproduced. He had 17 already written that one way or another, those stories would be done. So maybe he is shopping around. Mm -hmm. I I hope so. Mm -hmm. You know, I... I think they, you know, NBC was foolish on that. I, I just, I don't think they're seeing the the way it is now. I mean, they're depending on the, oh, the first viewing, you know, that, and I, that's just, that's nuts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why isn't the show repeated late at night or something like that too? Right. Yeah. And, you know, give it a, give it a shot. Mm-hmm. I actually really like that show. Yes, you know, I, I, I do too. I do. I, I, I wondered if you would, because, you know, you had no clue what the character was or anything Mm-mm. like that. And I don't even think you even saw your boyfriend, because uh, you really like Keanu Reeves. I don't even think you saw that. And that that you don't want to see, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You just want to stay away from it. So you weren't coming in with any baggage of, you know, of this at all. And, right. Uh, it's unfortunate. But remember the hashtag, Save Constantine. Also, we have a link on our website to uh, write NBC. You can email them and say, hey, whoever's in charge. I don't want this show to go away. Mm-hmm. Keep it on. And you can get that that email source right on our website, which is RileyandKimmy.com. Right now, Kimmy, we're going to, uh, well, we're going to do a tribute to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The day we upload this podcast, number 382, it is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. A celebration to uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I thought one of the best ways to do this on the Riley and Kimmy show is to play a speech it goes back to August 28th, 1963, that unfortunately we only hear a few seconds of it, but there's so much more to the speech. And I, I think it's so important that we hear that entire context and hear the whole thing to honor his dream and to hear it and also to revisit history. And it was part of broadcast too, which we do focus on here with Riley and Kimmy's show. That speech changed things in so many ways. One way is how he was thought of, because from that moment on, he was considered one of the greatest orators in American history. So we're leaving this episode with the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on the Riley and Kimmy Show. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation.
years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. 100 years later, of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land when the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. They were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds. the bank of justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity of this nation. So we've come to cash this check, a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice. We have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our 
our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time. There are those who are asking the devotees of civil rights, when will you be satisfied? We can never be satisfied as long as the Negro is the victim of the unspeakable horrors of police brutality. We cannot be satisfied as long as the Negro in Mississippi cannot vote and the Negro in New York believes he has nothing for which to vote. Satisfied, and we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friend, of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day, down in Alabama, with its vicious racist, with its governor, having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain. And the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to this 
off with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day... This will be the day when all of God's children be able to sing with new meaning my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.